Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Dr. Katina Sawyer, and welcome to Thriving at Work, a Worker Being podcast. You can learn more about us on our website, workerbeing.com, on social media, or you can support our community at workerbeing.com slash community. So speaking of communities, today Ooh. we are going to be talking about community and <laughs> how to build community and ways in which you can quickly build strong communities at work, which might not be as familiar with the terminology community as it relates to workplaces, but Research shows that building communities in and outside of work actually makes people um, experience a lot more wellness, which is one of the take-home take points I'd like us to talk about. But um, So we're going to talk about how to build strong communities, but actually how to do it fast, which I think could be a good skill for people to have. Um, but before we get started with that, I'm wondering, what is a community, either in the past or the present, that you have really felt a strong part of? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think in this, I don't know, I'm curious to see what your answer is, but I feel like the, I felt a really, really strong sense of community when we were in grad school with our peers. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that's the first thing that came to my mind. Me too. But <laughs> did it really? <laughs> my answer too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, that probably though says that it actually was a really strong community if we both thought of that. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's what I thought of just cause I feel like, you know, we were all going through the same thing. Um, you know, we needed support. We were all like to it and it living in a different place than we'd lived before. Um, so I think there's just like a lot of factors that impact, uh, the fact that it was, there was a high level of community there. And I know that it's not always true in grad programs, but like generally speaking, the people were supportive, right? So we didn't have like that competitive side of things that can destroy that sense of community. Yeah. Um, so we were really lucky where everyone was much more collaborative, supporting each other. Um, and then again, I think just the extreme circumstances of grad school kind of brings people together if it's a, if it's a supportive environment versus competitive. Yeah, we were kind of going through, uh, you know, new life experience that had a lot of challenges associated with it. And we were helping each other through, which I think um, when we talk about what the elements of a community are, I think we definitely had those. Um, and also, I was going to say the same thing, that I feel like we looked out for each other and wanted each other to be successful. And we didn't just, like, connect on work-related stuff. I feel like we also connected on stuff outside of work. So we knew each other as people um, and felt more comfortable with each other than like, it's not like we just went to class together and then like said goodbye and we didn't talk anymore. Like we, we right. really knew, we knew stuff about each other um, as friends. And then that also helped us to support each other in a work sense. Yeah. That's a good point. Like we did, it's almost like we had a baked in set of friends in a new place. Like we just all, I mean, most of us really just started spending time together and that I think definitely helped strengthen it because it was multifaceted community, not just about one topic. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting that we both brought up grad school because the study that I'm going to be talking about today, although research on communities has been around for a very long time, but this study actually took place in a summer camp looking at counselors okay. and uh, counselors and campers um, who needed to create a swift sense of community with each other 
um, because the camp actually is a nonprofit to help support children whose parents have cancer. Oh, wow. And um, so they're really trying to create um, this environment for the campers, but also an environment for themselves where they need to be able to come together quickly and really create this environment as a workplace, they need to generate this energy that makes campers feel a part of something and makes them feel a part of something so that um, there's this real feeling of community that's built so that everybody feels comfortable and happy like they're achieving their mission, right? Um, and uh, not that what we were doing was anything like that, but you mentioned being away from home and sort of having a built-in group of friends. And I do think that there's something interesting about the idea that both of our contexts um, sort of took us out of our element and put us into a different element. Um, mm -hmm. The take-home points from this article are more broadly applicable to any workplace system, but um, I just thought it was interesting that this article sort of had some tie-in in terms of the, uh, the sample that they looked at and what we're going to be talking about or what we were talking about today. Yeah, that is really interesting. Well, I'm curious to hear the takeaways, though. What? Yes. What are they? Yeah. So the first one is really straightforward. And this is just the idea that building community supports wellness, but not every group is a community. So I'm going to talk about kind of what community being a part of a community um, helps you with. But then I'm also going to help you figure out whether or not um, the groups that you're in actually count as communities. Um, the second is that we're going to talk about how community is really built and grows in a sense of openness. And openness means that people need to be comfortable sharing vulnerabilities, worries, hopes, and dreams with each other, which is also part mm -hmm. of what we kind of were just talking about. So without a sense of openness and vulnerability, community can't take root. So that's, if you wanna build a community, you really need to foster an environment that has those characteristics. And then the last is kind of weird. And I thought about whether or not um, this article would be a good fit for our show based in based on whether or not I thought that we could explain this in a way that would make sense to people in businesses. But the more I thought about it, the more it really made sense. And the more I think it's actually a really interesting idea. Mm -hmm. So what they argue is that communities can keep their bond stronger through tokens that remind them of memories vulnerability shared and time spent together in actually building that open community culture. So I'm going to talk through what those tokens are. I think it's kind of a fascinating finding, um, but um, you can basically make your community last longer if people have reminders of times that they were actually building that community actively. Interesting. Yeah. I want to hear more about these tokens. So yes. I can't wait to find out what that really means. Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to go back to the beginning and talk a little bit about the wellness piece of things um, and uh, and how you can tell whether or not you're in a community. So the first okay. thing to know is that community is not really about just having a group. Like, I think that we think about communities like we might call our neighborhood a community, but a community is really a feeling. It's a state of mind. So you can have a community with three other people. You can have a community with 100 people. You can create a community within your organization that encompasses the whole organization. You could have a team that feels like a community. So a community is not really, um, you can have a virtual community, right? So um, a community is not really like a set number. I think sometimes people might think like, oh, to count as a community, you need at least this many people. Or um, really a community is a group in which you feel 
um, a sense of inclusion and joint responsibility, um, and that you have shared positive experiences with each other, and you feel like you you matter to one another. So I'm going to go through a mm. few um, characteristics of a community, but it's not really about numbers or even proximity. It's really about whether or not um, you have these sort of characteristics associated with the community. So the idea of like a sense of community versus just like, you know, there are 10 people that like to play this video game and they happen to live near each other therefore they're a community but it's more you have 10 people that play the same video game and but they like feel connected to each other there's that sense of community they feel that like friendship and or kinship of some sort uh and what the other person is doing matters to you and and how you relate really matters yeah exactly that's exactly right so um so that's kind of the first piece of it is that in order to have a community, people have to consider themselves members. And here, a member is someone who feels that they belong to a group. So if you just have like a loosely affiliated group of people that are like, oh, this is a community, it doesn't really count. You have to be like, oh, I'm a member of this community. And that means I feel like I belong in this place. There's something about this that um, creates a sense of relatedness between me and the other people. The next mm-hmm. is a sense of mattering where the people in the community might influence you. So you actually, you know, might grow and change as a result of the community, but you can also influence the community. So like your voice matters in the community. You're not just like a silent member. Like, you know, you can think about like a virtual community, online community. Like if you're just lurking around in a group, reading people's messages, but you're not contributing, that wouldn't really be a community to you. Um, The community has to have influence over you and you have to be able to have influence over the community. Um, The next piece is that, the group somehow meets a human need um, Hmm. for people in the group. So it's the idea that um, we all have human needs to sort of connect with other people. um, And what keeps people sort of motivated to continue engaging in a way that actually creates or or qualifies as a community is that some sort of need is being fulfilled. And also that there's an emotional connection between um, members of the community. So... Um, it's that you're really getting something like human out of it and that you feel like there's something that's bonding you to the other people in the group from an emotional perspective. That makes sense. So that kind of gets, I feel like that's really related to the mattering piece almost, right? Like if you have that emotional connection then that's when people matter to you, right? Is because you're connected to them in some way. Um, And I think it's a great grad school comparison too, right? We, we had emotional connections. People were able to like vent, share how they felt about what's going on in grad school, kind of commiserate together. I think there's a lot of that that happened uh, that helped you have that emotional bond with other people in the program. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, and the last the last one that I think also is related to what you were just saying is a sense of felt responsibility to taking care of other members of the group. So, mm. um, you know if you do harm to someone in the group that there's accountability, like you can't just come into um, a group. If you think about it, like you go into a restaurant that you're never going to go back to again. um, And someone's like really, really, really rude to the staff there or something Um, that doesn't count as a community because they're loosely related, but also they don't have to like face that person again and face the other group members and really come to terms with what happened in a meaningful way. 
So communities really have to take responsibility for their actions towards one another in order to maintain the sense of community over time or else the community can start to degrade. Got it. So like, for an example, if somebody is in a community, they have all those other pieces, but then they start treating other members poorly, they can almost be like pushed out of the community or even destroy the whole community as it is, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And so really what, if you take all of this together, what communities require are connecting experiences and connecting um, relationships between people um, that unfold over, um, over time. But we don't always have tons of time to build communities. And especially if you're trying to onboard people, you're trying to get a new team that maybe hasn't worked together before to work together. Um, there are lots of times where you might want to build communities more quickly. And so while high quality relationships are really at the core of those characteristics of a community, people are emotionally connected, they feel like they're you know, bonded together in some way from a human perspective and they're responsible for making sure that people take care and don't cause harm, like those sorts of things um, sometimes can take a long time to build, right? Um, but we don't always have a super long time in workplaces to be able to build community. And so I think one of the things that this research was responding to is that organizations would really benefit from building communities because they have all of these positive benefits for your well-being, both physical health, mental health, when you're really connected with people, um, your uh, psychological health goes up, uh, you're in a more collaborative environment, things that we know really help people to feel better and do better at work. Um, so it makes sense that um, employers would want to build community, but research before has sort of suggested that it's very laborious, like it takes a lot of time and repeated interactions to do this. And what this article is sort of asking is, is there a way to more quickly build communities between people, which I think workplaces often try to do, but might struggle with how to do that. I'm very curious to hear how you can do it more quickly. I mean, some tactics, I'll just share some tactics and see if they kind of line up. Um, one thing that I've done is kind of creating like a, <laughs> it's a silly way, but I feel like it's worked in the past for me in different teams where you come together in some sort of quote team building activity, but like a lot of it is just like silly icebreaker questions. Mm -hmm. Like one of the icebreaker questions is like, if you were a shoe, what kind of shoe would you be? It's yeah. like absurd, absurd question. Everyone laughs, but everyone laughs, right? Everyone's like, that's a funny question. And then they go and they like tell their answer and everyone had a shoe that they would be. Um, and it's it's really funny yeah. to, to hear those responses. But like those types of silly questions, like I literally did a session where it was just like 45 minutes. We're all together and we're asking these weird questions that I found on this icebreaker website. And I definitely saw a change from how people interacted in the next meeting, um, team meeting about actual work compared to the one before. So like mm -hmm. just taking a little, and that was just a little bit of effort. I don't feel like it was super intensive, um, but it started to kind of move us down that path. So I'm curious to hear like what could have made that even better, even faster to build that community with the team. Well, I think exactly what you're saying is very aligned. So this <laughs> idea of openness, vulnerability, and sharing is really important. So um, a lot of actually what, you know, we've done in our retreats and what, um, you know, corporations um, do when they send people to like offsites where they do more like reflective activities and connect with people around who they are as people, who they want to be as leaders. 
those sorts of activities that really get people to think about who they are and share that with other people and connect with folks around that, those are the exact kinds of activities that actually do help build community more quickly. So it's not that you need to be sharing inappropriate things with people in the workplace, but you know, answering questions like what are some of your biggest challenges or what are you currently struggling with? What's something you're worried about? What's your biggest success? What's something you're really proud of? Um, and asking those kinds of questions inside work, but also about things happening outside of work with people, getting people to sort of reflect on those things, connect and answer those questions, can start to quickly build a sense of trust in the environment where people feel comfortable sharing parts of themselves that they maybe haven't shared in other groups. And that helps bond them together in ways that are stronger than if they just went and focused on tasks like, okay, we have these five tasks to achieve, let's make goals, let's set a strategy. Um, you know, normal things that we might think about workplaces focusing on. Um, in this instance, you're really taking time to reflect on and then share things that are important to you about who you are as a person. And when people do that um, in a new environment, that can start to quickly build bonds that otherwise wouldn't have been there. That makes a lot of sense. So I'm hearing that after asking people what kind of shoe they are, we can ask something a little bit deeper <laughs> and try to yes. get some of that openness. I will say, though, a lot of people elaborated why they were that shoe. Mm -hmm. So we did learn, you know, when someone was like a runner and they like to run marathons, another person like picked slippers and it's because they just like to be cozy and read their books. So like people actually elaborate. This is like such a random example, but people actually elaborated and then it did kind of get into that more like open vulnerable space where they're sharing something about themselves as to why that specific shoe embodies who they are. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's right. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything like super serious. I think that the idea is that you're starting to learn about people more holistically and connecting with them um, in a way that's, uh, you know, more um, just, on a deeper level than you would have otherwise. And it's not like you need to do that all the time in order for this to happen. I think what the article is suggesting is that um, doing a little bit of this as opposed to doing none of this helps, right? Um, so uh, it's not that every conversation that you have needs to have this kind of content, but if you're not doing any of this currently, doing more of it could probably help you build or provide a foundation for building a community. That, that makes sense. So what else? Tell me what else I need to know. Yes. So the last piece of this, which I think is super interesting. Oh, the tokens, right? <laughs> the tokens. So I'll explain a little bit about um, what they found in um, this particular context um, that really helped them to create a community quickly. And um, it's going to sound weird. I'm going to talk about what their <laughs> applications are here. But basically... As I mentioned, this is a nonprofit organization, and the goal of the organization is to make these kids who are going through tra tragic times um, have a great part of their summer. Um, you know, it's really stressful to see parents being sick, and so the goal of this camp was really to help give the kids like a place where they, that they could escape and just have a fun time. Um, but of course, a lot of the kids got homesick, um, and uh, also the campers, uh, the camp counselors, we're having, and the people that ran the camp, we're also having a lot of emotional experiences, a lot of emotional things in dealing with what were coming up for the campers and between each other. And um, so it was um, an environment where quickly vulnerability started to get shared. And that really did start to bond people together. But 
there was a particular incident where a uh, camper was having a really hard time and um, needed a lot of extra care and attention, but it wasn't possible for the camp staff to be with any one camper like all the time. So a camp staff member took a tag. So you know like when you twist the bread bag clothes, you put like that like plastic tag over it? Mm -hmm. Yep. So one of the camp counselors took one of those bread tags and said, hey, I know that I can't be with you all the time. You might get sad or you might miss home, but I'm going to put this bread tag on your shoelace. So she linked it to the um, camper's shoelace and then said, every time you look at this, you know that I'm thinking of you and I'm hoping that, you know, Aww. you're doing well. So she put that bread tag on and then other campers asked what the bread tag was. Anyway, it like went like wildfire in this camp. So there were all these different bre bread tags that the campers were sharing with each other, that the camp counselors were sharing with each other. And it became a thing of like every time there was an event or something that happened that the camper wanted to remember that made them feel special or made them feel like home, um, the counselors would give bread tags. But then the counselors started trading the bread tags as well. And it became this like symbol of like, oh, we had this nice, meaningful interaction. And now every time I look down at it, I remember that we were together, right? And what ended up happening was it created this like really intense community in the camp in a way that hadn't existed in the camp before. Um, and then all the, everybody, the people who worked there as well as the campers could take those bread tags home and remember like the, each instance that caused them to get, like, get that bread tag, right? And so I know that that's a little bit of a far afield example. There are employees obviously who are working at this camp, so it is in a workplace setting, but um, the idea is that, or what they took from that, is that if you can imbue like objects with memories, and that doesn't mean that every time you have a conversation like this, you need to do that. But if you can have objects that mean something to people on the team, so let's say you're having a retreat and you have people set intentions. An example that they gave was you could have each person set an intention for the person on their team and hold a particular object and then give that object to that person. And then that person will know that each person set an intention for them on that object. Then if they put that object on their desk, that will remind them of all the intentions that people set for them in that meeting, right? Or um, you could think about if it's somebody's birthday and people go around a room and say one thing they appreciate about that person. And at the end, they give them some object that's uh, sort of char like characterizes what people said, that when that sits on their desk, they'll remember all the nice things that people said about them. So basically what they're arguing is that like people haven't really thought about the meaning of objects in workplaces, but that actually certain objects can help bring people back to like an emotional mental space when they look at them. That helps them to like get back to or remember those sorts of bonding experiences that they had. Um, and it made me think of keepsakes, like things mm -hmm. that we all have from childhood or important objects that people gave us over the course of our lives that I think that does happen, right? Like you look at something and even if just for a second you look at it and you think like, oh, I remember when that person gave that to me or that was a really a fun time or a fun event or like souvenirs, right? Like from vacations, like there's a mm -hmm. reason that these things like in humanity exist because they do something for us emotionally. Um, and so they're arguing that workplaces can actually take kind of advantage of that same idea um, and uh, provide objects that um, are going to serve as reminders of those community building experiences. 
That's a, I mean, it's really interesting. Like you said, you think at first it's like, that's kind of a funny, how do we apply that? But I actually do think some organizations are doing this stuff, right? Like when you look at, like you said, a retreat, but even just like training, like I went through a leadership training and at the end it's like, they give you like, you know, sometimes they'll just give you like, here's a book, here's a pamphlet, here's a whatever. And like that stuff is less meaningful. But if you're sitting there with like a small group that you're working with the whole training, let's say, and then, um, you know, you all like share something and then you get to keep that thing, right? Like there's, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've seen that in trainings before where people get little like exactly keepsakes or something that's associated with a certain part of the training that then you look at it and you're like, oh, I remember I learned this with so-and-so was at my table. Um, and you know, we had this connection discussion and like the trainings I've seen it in are in ones where they intentionally are trying to create communities with, so it's like almost innate. Like I feel like some people already are thinking about this, right? Like we're trying to create a community. We want you to connect with these peers of yours across the business at other times. So here's a thing that will remind you to do that. Um, So I think that definitely happens in trainings and things like that. And so now just thinking about how you can do that differently um, over time, like I'm thinking about if in a team context, we're not going to training, but it's just like wanting to make sure your team feels like a community. You could do some sort of, you know, in-person or even virtual team building activity where then you are, I don't know, let's say you're making, um, like you can be making something together as a group, right? And then that's on your desk. You're like, I don't know, the mug you made or whatever. Um, And that's something that reminds you of that moment in time that you had with your team members, or maybe you have a meeting with your broader team, you know, at the end of a quarter or the end of a year, and you have some sort of little keepsake that you give out that you use in some way during like a brainstorming session and then everyone keeps it. So I think there's like so many ways you could do this. And I think it's value. It makes sense to me that it's valuable because you're right. We all have those things that we have around our offices and companies will also give um like anniversary gifts right so here's your pen for being here for two years like those things maybe it's not as strong as like with a very a smaller group where you're like super connected all the time but it does give you like a oh I remember when the company gave me this because I was there for the x number of years and that can even give you a sense of community and connection to the company overall yeah yeah, that's exactly what they were saying. Um, they talked about anniversary gifts a little bit too, and um, and I think honestly, what they what they're trying to get across is, if you want to build community, these activities that people might think of as being more like fluffy or fun or whatever actually serve a purpose. So um, yep. if you're you know having people do these sorts of things, it actually does something to help build a swift sense of community. And then the second thing is, like, if you're already giving out items and you're going to spend budget on that, try to connect these events or moments where you're sharing these things in an open way or reflecting on things. Try to connect what you're giving people, what you're spending that money on with those activities so that it's not just like, uh, oh, hey, you know, everybody's getting a pen or something, but um, that you're being more thoughtful about how to connect the community building activities with the items that you're already spending money on. Completely agree. I think that's, that's so smart. Like, again, I'm going back to that training example. Like if you're doing a training and you're giving people like a book afterwards, like have their breakout team sign it with some like wishes for the next year or whatever, you know, or some, uh, yeah, like you had said, like some intention for them on what they're going to be growing 
towards based on the conversations they had. And so then you have that every time you open that book, you've got that from that team. I I think it's so easy, such an easy ad, and that can be so meaningful and impactful. And and obviously we care about the wellness side and we know that social connection and obviously in this study too, community in general can have this really positive wellness impact. So ah, I love it. It just, yeah. yeah, I'm glad you shared the token piece. That is very interesting. And I think it's super easy to implement already. Yeah. I really liked it too. And, um, and yeah, I just think that it's something that we haven't really talked about before the use of objects to, create a sense of emotion or connectedness and um i think it's cool that it works uh and i am uh happy that you know they did this research it's in a little bit of a funky context but i think because it resonates the findings resonate and you can think of applications for the workplace it makes sense to me that um they would have you know this is this is published in an organizational journal um so Mm -hmm. it makes sense to me because i think it does have some real implications so yeah, I think uh, if you're looking to build a community, and you probably should be because it's related to um, all kinds of well-being indicators, then you really need to lean into those times when you can show vulnerability with people. And if you can, amp up the effects to make it longer lasting by linking those experiences with something people will remember. Love it. And makes me think that we should uh, think about this for our own community. <laughs> I know. I was thinking the same thing. Oh, well, uh, thank you so much for sharing this article. And I'm so excited for other people to hear it. And hopefully uh, we'll come up with something cool that we can use this finding in our worker being community. So if you want to learn more about that, you can go to workerbeing.com slash community. You can always reach out to us on workerbeing.com, email us at contact at workerbeing.com or find us on social. Thanks all for listening. Thriving at Work is hosted by us, Dr. Patricia Grabarek and Dr. Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Music